I would like to welcome everyone to my exclusive podcast for my launching team. I am doing this in appreciation for everything that you guys have done for me. You guys have cheered me on. You've supported me. You're excited to read my book. And for that, I will be eternally grateful. So I figured what better than to start a podcast and start reading a few things for you guys here and there, you know, um, share some of my stories, share some of my thoughts, um, some spoilers of my books. Um, in this podcast, this is actually a second recording of the first welcome podcast. For some reason, at the 11-minute mark, um, well, barely four minutes into the recording, the audio just, it stopped. So I thought I'd try to record this again. Um, I know in my second recording, I will be reading a little bit from my book because, you know, that's this is the whole reason why you guys are supporting me is because of that book. So... Um, but I'm just kind of getting used to recording and doing a podcast, you know, doing a live on Facebook is different because there's usually somebody else with me. So it's like I'm talking to a good friend and everybody else starts, you know, coming around and it's like a whole group conversation versus a podcast where it's just me and yeah, Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> who decided to flake out on me on a Friday night. <laughs> I know, bad joke. Okay, I will do my best to stop being funny. Um, but tonight, I'm just going to kind of break the ice and read my poem, The Banshee. Now, to me, there are two good times, two environments that work best for scary tales. And one of them's like, you know, going camping and sitting around a fire and... The other is on a cold winter's night with snow on the ground. You're on the couch all tucked up in a blanket, drinking some hot chocolate. Um, well, <laughs> tonight I'm not really drinking hot chocolate. I'm drinking Tai Chi, but I mean, oh my God, I can't even speak. <laughs> oh my God. Chai tea. <laughs> oh my God. Um but yeah, you know, I love the spices, the warmth, staying in from the cold. Um, so without further ado, now that I've talked your ear off for about three minutes, <laughs> I will read my poem, The Banshee. T'was a dark, cold January eve when the first signs of sickness took hold of my old Uncle Seamus. The cool night air took a life of its own, nipping at your heels and clawing at your back. Poking at the smoldering embers, I sat wrapped up in a blanket, watching my breath dance in the icy, dank draft. The old, crippled man lay on the couch, all gnarled and withered with age, gasping for the air that refused to fill his lungs. His agonizing groans and bone-chilling moans mirrored his bitter heart and lifetime of nagging at putrid woes. And all the while, I sat beguiled, rotating the vial that ensured my desire of rolling in the old man's dough. 
Oh, how clever I was to sneak the drops into the flask he sipped to escape the trenches of daily life. Instead of bestowing comfort, it perched the life from the old man's lips like a common thief in the night. As I reveled and giggled in childish delight, there was a knock on the door, a foreboding three taps, and my whimsical dreams went crashing to the floor. Precariously, there came a thought, a foolish thought from childhood lore. And with this thought sounded a warning about those who answered three knocks at the door. <laughs> Rabbish, I spat. Fully to believe in such childish tales, I scoffed. Yet as I sat, uneasiness planted a seed of fear that shook me to my very core. And I felt the stare from unseen eyes glare at me from the other side of old Seamus's bedroom door. And ever so softly again came the rapping of three knocks tapping, the same which had sounded just moments before. Clutching onto my blanket tighter, huddled by the dying fire, hoping that the unexpected guest would go away and retire against my better wishes, I heard a hunting, hissing voice serenade me, by which the voice implored, Finnegan, oh Finnegan. My heart froze from ghoulish terror. My body began to thicken and my feet felt fastened to the floor. As if pulled by impalpable forces, coaxing, nearly dragging my petrified, begrudging body, I found myself suddenly nose to nose with the door. Knowing with every fiber of my being, for the sake of all that's holy, not to grab the doorknob upon the grainy, polished plank of wood, which my mind was turning and frantic fear within me burning, my hand trembling fell bewitched and reached for the ornate brass lever. Clutching onto my cursed hand firmly, arduously fighting the condemning urge to touch and twitch the and twist the wretched knob, yet my soul was deemed unholy, for all my strength and tenacity and mass was not strong enough to withstand the enchantment placed upon my flesh and bone. Squeezing the frigid handle tightly, a seething chill trilled up my arm and not upon my bosom. My fiendish hand with stern conviction sealed my fate when it thrust open the door. What greeted me was faceless, faceless death in shadows hiding, smiling at me and devilishly kiling. I shivered and shuddered while peering innocently into the darkness, seemingly empty and dimly void. Yet upon my face was a chilly breath accompanied by a sweet and sinister whisper resonating the simple word, yes. Oh, how my heart fluttered from such a meager, quaint little word that was uttered. But the source from which it came was foul and impish by nature. And with a mighty shove, I slammed the door and secured it soundly with every lock, bolt, and chain. I jumped back in surprise when I saw with my eyes the knob twist and turn on its own, and with devilish haste the once rhythmic tapping, the insistent rapping that lured me from the warmth of ashen fire, came an urgent pounding filled with fiery ire. Along with the banging came the perpetual yanking of someone aspiring to dislodge the locks and bolts on the door. Only when futile results the rampage brought, and all the locks and change held taut, a silence seeped deeply throughout the room, and in the silence I found comfort and stilled the rapid beating of my heart. 
Oh, how fearful yet curious was I about this intrusive, meddlesome, presumptuous visitor trying to violently barrage its way through my uncle's door. As the silence lingered longer and my courage grew stronger, I scarcely believed the horrific events I experienced moments ago. Yet still curious was I, I decided to spy on the assailant through the keyhole in the door. Across the old creaky floorboards I kept tiptoeing agile and quick, anxious to sneak a peek. Leaning ever so quietly, I gazed intently through the scant little hole in the musty pungent brass plate. Before my eyes stood a frail feminine figure adorning white attire, with her hand as spindly as wire dangling lifelessly by her side. Her gray, gingly hair was so long I could see the coarse texture of the rough tattered ends swaying gently beside her hips. I had but a moment to observe before a shadow passed quickly over the other side of the hole to reveal a dark, dreary, decrepit eye devoid of life. The stare from this ghastly, grisly, gruesome creature as was cold and callous, yet captivating as the hate welled up in her eyes. Her eye bored its way for miles into the deepest, darkest cavity of my mind. Although I could not see her mouth, I could almost feel her cold, Thin lips stretched taut across her teeth as this clicking, hissing sound escaped from the back of her throat. Astounded was I when she pounded on the door and bellowed this cry, a howling scream that could peel the paint from the portrait of your soul. Oh, how the lamenting wail penetrated my ears until they bled and filled my trembling heart with mournful dread. Finally, I could identify this dismal, dingy, disgusting Plutonian maiden from the recesses of decaying Sumerian shores. It was the Banshee, the queen of lost, wretched souls that tread on the forgotten sands of time, never to be reminisced evermore. The lifeless ghouls who mindlessly obey, the rotting drones that ensnare her prey, the dark agents of the damned. Were they really coming for me? In that brief moment when her wail softened to whimpers, my past laid open before me. Despite ending the cruelty of my demented uncle, I concluded my soul was immaculate beyond angelic measure. Surely it is not I you come for, I jested, believing that I was heaven's most prized, purest treasure. No sooner had I gave utterance to my thoughts when the room erupted in horrific bedlam, walls pounding, floorboards slamming, window panes rattling, and the howling racket outside the door loomed as maelstrom ravaged the room. Alarmed by the ghastly sight, I stumbled backward over the backside of the couch, barely missing my uncle, and fumbled my way onto the floor. I scurried as a rodent across the floor and cursed my cowardice as I took refuge under the chair. As the soul-wrenching screams emanating from the ghoulish specter and the violent bombardment of banging pushed my sanity to the brink of madness, I heard the unthinkable cut through the air. A hush fell upon the room, but the silence gave my mind no solace, for I heard the formidable clang of metal as each lock, bolt, and chain became unfastened.
The door eerily creaked open, allowing a heavy, frigid gust to permeate, permeate the room along with a fetid, poignant stench of mold and decomposing carrion combined with old, distilled perfume. Thud, click, scrape. Thud, click, scrape. At first, I couldn't discern the sound or classify. There it was again, as if my thoughts it replied, thud, click, scrape. Thud, click, scrape. Then from under my hiding place, I could see her bare feet, and I watched in grotesque bewilderment, for with each step she trod, her long, torn toenails tapped and scratched at the hardwood floor. Within a devil's short breath, the the footsteps ceased, and I could no longer gaze upon her twisted, tarnished toenails. The cursed maiden had fallen silent, and the suspense of her unknown whereabouts thrilled me with fantastic feats of horror. When suddenly her dilapidated, diabolic face appeared before me, I shrieked in dreadful terror. With long, bony fingers, the band she grabbed me by the collar of my linen Lena. She hoisted me up in the air with the zeal of a thousand brutish men. I dangled helplessly, gazing upon her crumbling visage with not a trace of, her, of what her beauty had been. The countenance that she wore and the hideousness that she bore could only be described as the living embodiment of rotting flesh, a corroded carcass shriveling into a slimy texture of thick brown ooze. While snarling, her eyes became black as pitch, and she bared her stained, eroding teeth. Dying of fright, and with all of my might, I frantically called out to my uncle, who in turn laid in despite my desperate plight. And from the exhales of my petrified, fear-ridden screams, she sucked the air from my lungs and the life from my soul. My body stiffened into an imperishable, persistent permafrost, which trailed up from my nose, up from my toes to my nose. She gleefully smiled with her sharp, jagged teeth and dropped my frozen body, which then painfully landed on the floor. With the last remaining light of my cold, dying eyes, I watched as she sauntered over, over to my uncle, transforming into an angelic being more stunning and brilliant with every step she took. Sitting beside my uncle, she leaned over, and within her kiss, she led him my light, my life, my earthly part of my soul. And she gave me one final devious yet satisfied look. His youthful health returned as her drone slithered from the shadows, dragging the remainder of my poor pathetic soul into the hellish abyss from whence they came. And at last, my body stirred no more. Okay, everyone, that is my poem. Hopefully, the audio fully recorded with this episode. And I will be recording another episode fairly soon. So until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>